Good morning, Mercy Road. It is uh, good to be with you guys this morning. Um, a little different today, just me up here by myself. Got to maintain the whole 35 minutes without my sidekick, Darren, with me. Um, I'm kind of used to that, but this is an awesome opportunity. I feel blessed to be here today sharing with you. And it looks like I am the closer for the Do Not Fear series um, in the 1150. Um, I would probably say to you guys, they saved the most fearful for last. And one of the things I'm gonna talk to you a lot of today that I'm realizing is I'm identifying myself in this new random role that I've had here at Mercy Row where I've had the opportunity to share is that I'm having to come to terms with the kind of speaker or the, the person that I am as I allow God to use me to share. And um, um, so I am, a lot of today is a little bit not about me, but just about a journey of fear that is a daily struggle for me. And so you're gonna get a little insight into that into my life and the things that God has given me, the word, the power from the word that he has given me to help me get through. And I'm hoping today it can be an encouragement to any of you who are here with me or any of you who are here online today with us. Welcome to those of you. And you can leave here encouraged knowing that God's given us the tools to not fear. It doesn't mean we're not going to. Like Eric said this morning, it doesn't mean bad things aren't gonna happen to us. They probably will, but he's given us his love, grace, power to be able to make it through and to have the strength and the courage we need in God um, to make it through this dark world that we live in. So let's get started today as we take a good look at fear. Now I wanna tell you something. My family, me, Darren, and my three boys, absolutely hate to be scared. We hate to be scared. So no one in our home actually ever scares. You know, you have families that will like jump out at each other out of the closet and they'll do what it takes to try to freak their family member out and bring them to horrible fear. In the early wine house, that never happens. None of us like to be scared. So for instance, some of my children will not sleep in the dark. I will not say which ones, but some will not sleep in the dark. They do not like the dark. They are scared of the dark. They do not like to be scared. When it is towards the month of October and my children start to get invited by friends to the Indy Scream Park, every one of my children say no. They will not go. They love to be with their friends. They're immensely social but they hate to be scared. So they'll skip it. And at this point, all of our friends will send a text and say, hey, Julie, can Cole go with us to Screen Park? I know he's gonna say no, but we at least want him to know he's included. Like they're aware that we do not like to be scared. And then there's Darren, who hates to be scared probably more than any of us. I can almost bet you that I don't think Darren's ever been to any form of haunted house. In our entire marriage, we've never, never <coughs> watched a scary movie together. None of those things happen in our house, probably because we're big fat chickens. So here we are today talking about fear and we are home. We don't like to be fearful or scared or traumatized in any way and have that feeling that comes over your body when you get scared. One time we went to the Children's Museum Haunted House thinking our family can handle that. We immediately left through the first emergency exit door that we came to and had to be escorted out. This is what we're dealing with here. You know, and that's one of those fears in our life that we can just remove. We don't go back to the Children's Museum Haunted House. We do not go to indie Scream Parks. We do not jump out at each other and freak each other out in the middle of the night. And we don't watch scary movies. So we can eliminate that fear very easily. We just do not engage. You know, there's people in life that they're scared of spiders. 
so they get their spouse to kill the spider so they don't have to deal with it. There are people who are scared of snakes, <clears throat> my husband, who they therefore would probably have their wife kill the snake, it would be my guess. You know, they will try to eliminate all of those tangible fears from their life. I don't have to kill the spider if I'm scared of it. That's my spouse's job. I'm not going to the haunted house because we just plain do not like it. Me, myself, I am um, terrified of heights. So pretty much, I'm going to try to stay on level ground at all times. And I can control that, can I? I can just stay on level ground. It's a choice that I can very easily make in my life to stay away from those fears. Well, what I have learned on my journey as a Christian, and what I've learned on my journey just as a person living on this earth, is that there are fears that we sometimes can't just choose to avoid. And those are the little fears, or big fears, that live deep within our mind. Some that often most of you, as you walked around and saw me, would never think that I have them. You would never think that thought goes through my head. And I've had to learn to walk on a journey where God's word and the power of the Lord can overcome those because sometimes the fear of the mind can be very, very, very crippling. So today we're gonna talk about the feelings of fear versus following in our faith and how when you have both of them, the fear and the faith, how faith can win or how we can try to let it rise above those fears that live within ourselves. I was talking this week about this message and I was always, I hear the words fear of God, you know, you know, fear of God. Like, well, that sounds kind of scary. You know, like I do kind of fear him. Like what if he's going to do something bad to me or what does fear of God means? He's going to punish me because I did things wrong. And I've had to sit in that in the past couple of weeks. And I talked a lot about it and realizing that it's more of a trust in him and a reverence to him and letting the fears of this world not get in the way of fearing God, knowing he's going to care for us. He is our father to trust and to love and to care for us. And I'm thankful for that this morning as we get into this. So often in my life, when I say fear, I say worry. When I say worry, I say fear. And it's a circle for me. So fear and worry are words that go hand in hand in my life. And if I am not careful in this desire to follow in faith or to live in fear, if I'm not careful in that, I'll stay in a fear-worry circle. Fear to worry, worry to fear, fear to worry, worry to fear. And I can get in this cycle and I've had to learn in my life, and I am definitely not good at it, to throw a dart right in the center of it that's faith right dead in the middle of that bullseye target of fear and worry that are spinning, I have to knock it out of the way with my faith. And that comes through things like the word and prayer. And for me, a big part of it's worship. You know, when I hear Aaron, Eric and Jilly sing and, and we're getting close to the throne of God as we're worshiping, I sense that freedom of fear release from me, that thing that I struggle and carry with me. So today, this is where it all starts is in our mind. So we're gonna start today in our fear versus faith to kind of break down, we're gonna start about fear versus faith in our mind. And this is where all of our fears really start. You're walking along, you're your own person, you know what's in your head and I don't, you know, and I don't know what you're fearful of in your life, what you're facing. You know, we've talked about a lot of them over the few weeks, um, but those things are hidden. I can't see that you're scared of a spider if it crawls in front of you, or if you're scared of an indie screen park or any of those things, I can see that but I can't see those fears that are deeply embedded in us that the devil wants to use to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. And that's what we're gonna take a look at a little bit today. I, um, 
have read this next passage of scripture, as we get into fear versus faith in the mind, I have literally had to sit on top of this verse. And some of the verses I'm going to talk about today, just to sometimes make it through my day so that the worry and the fear don't cripple me. So in Philippians 4, 6 and 7, and I will be honest, I use the message today. I asked Darren if that's okay, but there's just something beautifully poetic about the way that it's written that I feel like when you're talking practically about these things, it really helps you see and get a hold of what God means in a practical way today. So Philippians 4, 6 and 7 from the message says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries or your fears into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, it's a sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. When he gets rid of that fear, worry, fear, worry, he displaces worry at the center of your life. All the, dis- all the things we discussed this month, money, parenting, you know, all the series, if you've been here for all of it, you know, living on mission, doing things for the Lord, we've talked about all of these things. And those things can rule our lives. Those things, those fears can rule us. But what God is saying here, there's no room for fear and faith to dwell together. There is only room for faith to dwell. And so what he's saying to us in this verse is before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. So when our fears begin to overtake and they begin to uh, run amok of our life, he wants to say, no, let me calm you. Let me bring you back to perspective of the fact that I've got this. I've said, do not worry, do not fear. Because like I said earlier, what does it mean to fear God? Trust. Father, adore, believe in, know that he is there for us. That's what fearing him, he's got enough power to be more powerful than our mind. And I'm so thankful for that today. So you see, for me, I battle a lot of fear. And one of the things that in the past few years, and Darren and I, we are very pro counseling. We do a lot of counseling. I go to a lot of counseling. Darren's gone to a lot of counseling. We've done this together. Well, When we were going through a really deep time in our life, I hadn't really identified how much fear controlled me and worry. And we'd been married for a long time, probably 12 years. And I'm sitting in front of the counselor and I'm talking to Darren and to the counselor about it. And all of a sudden he looks at me and says, I had no idea you thought these things, these fears. And I've been married to him for 12 years. He didn't see and hear and know any of these things about me because they were hidden deep within the secret parts of my brain that I was embarrassed to say, I worry when my kids have a fever, like to the point of where I feel like I can't breathe. Like, what if this is something horrible and everything turns bad? Or what if we don't have enough money? Or what if we take a step out in faith and ministry and it doesn't work? Or what if people don't like the way we live our lives in the real world when we try to be Christians? And so I battle with the kind of person I am, like all these fears. And he had no idea because they were hidden deep inside of me and I was embarrassed by them. And I knew I wasn't trusting. I wasn't allowing faith to win the battle of my mind. I was letting fear win the battle of my mind. And I've often said, oh, I hate this about myself. I hate that I'm a worrier. I hate that anxiety controls me. I hate that most days I wake up and that's my first thought. And my first thought is not that Jesus has today taken care of. I hate that and I can hide it. So people can look at me and think, oh gosh, she probably doesn't worry about anything. You know, she's got this great life. She has a wonderful husband. She has three beautiful children. They have a nice home. They have a perfect little puppy. Like, it's wonderful. But inside, it's dark and scary. 
And I have a hard time waking up every day and choosing faith over fear in my mind. So I've often said, oh, I wish I was struggled with one of those, fear, with one of those things in life that's tangible. Like, you know, maybe, and I don't mean this is easier because I'm going to explain that in a minute, but like maybe it would be easier if I just struggled with eating like 127 donuts and not taking care of my body because I could choose to not go to Krispy Kreme and that would feel easy for me. So I'm driving into Krispy Kreme. I would turn in. I would not buy you know, 127 donuts and eat them all and not protect and take care of the temple of my body because I could choose that. Well, you see, I'm type A. I'm a type A person and I like to control, and I like to choose how things go. So I don't battle with that because the devil knows that's not gonna be hard for your personality. You're black and white, you like rules, you like boundaries, you operate in them. So I am gonna give you this kick every day that has nothing to do with boundaries that you can't control. I can't turn my brain off. I can't flip the switch off. I can't change the channel on the TV to not see that thing. I can't not, like, I can't do that to my brain. I can't say no to the drink or whatever it is my struggle is. But somebody else who has the struggles that may seem so easily tangible to me, their personality isn't like that. They may not be black and white. They may not be able to choose that way. And their mind may not be their struggle, but their addiction may be. They're all the same. And God is telling me every day, pick up and choose me so your mind can be at peace and you can be free from anxiety. And that's what he says to me. He goes on in Philippians 4, 8 says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. See, for me, I have to sit in this every single day so I can be at peace because the fear, it overtakes my mind and my faith loses Unless I choose to fill my brain and win the battle of faith, I have to choose to believe in the true, the noble, the reputable, the authentic, the compelling, the gracious, the best, not the worst. That's where I sit. I want to sit in thinking the worst and not the best. And that's not what God has for us, is it? God has the best intended for us. Everything within our brain and within our mind and all of the place where most of these fears start and sit and settle that we've talked about for the past month, that's where they start. And then what happens is they start to outpour to the other parts of our life. So what's happening in your brain, it can either catapult you into peace and hope and new wonderful things, just like it talks about in the Word, or it can halt you to where you're not being able to live the fullest extent that you could in the Lord, and you're not able to be at the peace that you need to, to be the person that God wants you to be. And so that's where it slips into this fear versus faith of the mind, then slips you into how is your fear versus faith going to be when you choose to maintain your life. And this is the day-to-day stuff. This is a lot of the stuff we've talked about, the maintaining and parenting when Darren and I had the wonderful opportunity to share with you then, or, you know, when Josh talked about the fear to, you know, maintain in money, you know, the fear to maintain socially, like how we choose our faith over our, our faith 
versus fear in our mind then trickles down into this next phase, the fear versus faith to maintain. I have my Bible with me today. I know most people never bring a Bible up on stage in church anymore. It's so rare. Everything's technologically sound. But I brought it today. Um, I've had this Bible since I was in college. I went to a Christian college. I got my maiden name on it. Huffstickler. Unbelievable. 12 letters. What a mouthload. Anyway, um, yeah, 12 letters. Get that. And then I got early wine. It didn't get that much simpler. Uh, so anyway, if you take a look, and I'm going to read actually from Matthew 6 today, starting in verse 25, But what I want, and I'm going to read it from the message. I brought this today as I was thinking about the worry that we have in life, the fear we have in life. And I think back to my Bible. If you were, could see closely up at the pages of this, there's a very, it's a very darker, more marked thumb line. Because if you flip through, you'll see white, 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 brown. My Bible naturally bends here because I have sat in fear and struggled with it for so long that I've had to turn here into this massively underlined section of my Bible over and over and over again to choose faith over fear. And so as I was got out my Bible last night just to read, there's something good about it, you know, like have the Bible in your hand. I'm, I'm a Kindle girl. I don't like books to sit around on shelves. Darren loves books to sit on shelves. I do not. I, I Cluttery, I don't do clutter, OCD, all of my type A problems that I have. Um, but here within my Bible, as I opened it up and I read the, you know, the NIV versus the message last night, I saw that mark, the mark of my finger, dirty marks that happen on Bible pages and realized that for all of my life that I've been in a, you know, understanding fear, I've had to turn to God's word and seek in this passage. And, you know, this is kind of a general passage. It, it, it deals with the mind and then it deals with our, the placement of maintaining and maintaining in our life. So I'm going to read today. It's from the message. Now, however, mine here in the NIV that's real dirty is the NIV and I've used it as a promise, but I like this today. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than the birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside of them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of the wildflowers, most of which are never, ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in, do, in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax and to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up whenever that time comes in Matthew 6, 25, 34. I love that right there. 
Don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? So when we're trying to maintain, we're, we fought this battle in our minds, you know, our fear versus faith, it's in there, it's in our heads, we're living in it, and most people don't see it around us. And then it trickles down into how we maintain our lives. And now the world that we're set up in is set up to make that so much more difficult. Everything is social media driven. Everything. You see how people look. You see how many times a day they go and work out and exercise. You see what they eat for dinner. You see what their babies do. You see how many trophies their kids win at sports things. You are set up to feel the need to maintain so desperately. And God is saying, no, no, no. He used Jesus there on earth those days in his teaching in Matthew 6 to say, do not fret about that stuff. Do not worry about your clothes. Do not worry about the trophies. Do not worry about your food. I have your best interest. No one else. We had the pleasure of this Thanksgiving of being home in home, my home in North Carolina. We just got home last night about 8.30. And uh, I have a new nephew. And he is the greatest. I'm sorry, he's cuter than all of your nephews. He is perfect in every single way. And my boys and I and Darren, we just got to dote on him for like five days straight. That's all we basically did was sit on the floor and play with this baby because he's perfect. And I would have brought him home with me if I could have, because he's so wonderful. And he got a tooth while we were there and everything. And he said, Nana, for my mom, it was just, everything was exciting. You know, but I was talking to his mom and she's a new mom. This is my brother's first baby. And they're on that new parenting journey. You know, we kind of talked about that a couple weeks ago in parenting and comparisons and all that stuff. And she was talking about how in the social media world, you know, everybody posts everything that they're doing about the baby, about their baby and what their baby's doing. And my baby's crawling and my baby says, Nana, and my baby eats cookies. And, you know, my baby can just say his ABCs and he's five months old. It's a miracle, you know, and, and she's just going, you know, she's talking about that, that pressure she's already feeling as a mom to maintain, to keep up with the Joneses in parenting. Everything's out there. And she's like, I formula fed my kid. And people made me feel bad about that. You know, he's not crawling yet. People sort of make her feel bad about that. Or maybe just in their insinuations, you know? And so she feels this pressure as a mom to maintain. And she is seeking to try to say, no, like, don't be this way. Don't live this way. Like, live in a way that's honoring to God. Like, let me raise Clyde to be the best kid he can be that God gave us. And that's it. Instead of looking around to maintain on the outskirts of all of our life. And our mind starts to battle there. You know, we live in this fear that our kid won't be good enough. Or we live in this fear that our job isn't enough. Or we're not gonna be successful enough. Or we're not gonna be liked. Or our community may not invite us in. Or people may not want us in their life. We live in all of these fears to maintain. And if our mind isn't healthy, we're winning the faith battle in our mind, then we're going to lose the faith battle in maintaining because we're not going to choose the things of God. We're not going to choose to parent Clyde out of God's plan. We're going to choose to parent Clyde out of people's plans. And so they want to parent out of God's plan. And you know, for me in my own life, when I see things around me in social media, and I, I've come to a place in my life where I'm the longer I deal with this, and because I struggle with fear, and I struggle with worry, and I struggle with inadequacy, and doing all these things, that sometimes I have to eliminate that stuff from my life, or I have to limit it, or I have to be cautious even what I put out there, because I don't want people to think that I think that I can maintain better than them, because I can't. I'm just a regular old person trying to love Jesus and love my family and love my friends. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. So I want everything that I do to reflect my faith 
and not be founded in my fear, not be motivated out of that. And that's what, that's what, Christ, is say, that's what Christ is saying here in this passage. Like, don't you think he'll attend to you? He will take pride in you. He's the one that I need to take, have pride in me. Nobody else. And I want to live my life like that. And so then as we talk about the fear of our mind and the faith that it takes, the faith it takes to fight against that, and then fighting fear and faith to maintain, it then leads us into the mission of how we live our life. So we have this fear versus faith situation going all the way down. And then how we continue to build on that is in how we're going to live our life outwardly for Christ, how we're going to live on mission for him. And, you know, I, I've been pretty crippled to that. And uh, standing up here today, you know, is um, a pretty big testimony of stepping out in fear and out of fear into faith, because I think there's been part of me where God has called me to do things like this, which may seem, you know, a little bit like the typical ministry way to do it, but it's not. God's calling each of us to something unique to ourselves. And there may be a person beside you at you know, your office or wherever where God's calling you to do something specific and you have to answer him. And so many times our fear stops our mission and we live outside the will of God because he has all these beautiful plans for us so we can forward the kingdom. We can forward the kingdom together for him. We're going to take a look at Matthew 10, 21 through 28. And we've, we, we've been able to weave together looking at the mind and maintaining so we can get to mission today. And, and in Matthew 10, he's talking to the disciples. And this is also from the message. It sounds a little more practical. Like I said, it sounds prettier to me. No offense to the King James or the NIV. I love them all. I've read them. I went to a Christian college. I, yeah, I got it all up in there somewhere. But I just love the way this sounds. It sounds pretty and poetic and you know, some people would debate us on that, but today this is where we're going to go. So it says in Matthew 10, 21 through 28, he's talking to the disciples and they're getting ready to step out in ministry and he's, he's empowering them to live on their mission. And he's warning them of the fears, of the battles, of the struggles that may come as they start to proclaim their love and their trust in the name of Jesus. And he says here, when people realize it is the living God you are presenting and not some idol that makes them feel good, they are going to turn on you, even people in your own family. There is a great irony here, proclaiming so much love, experiencing so much hate. But don't quit, don't cave in. It's all well worth it in the end. It is not success you are after in such times, but survival. Be survivors. Before you've run out of options, the son of man will have arrived. A student doesn't get a better desk than her teacher. A laborer doesn't make more money than his boss. Be content, please. Even when you, my students, my harvest hands, get the same treatment I get. If they call me the master, what can the workers expect? Don't be intimidated. Eventually, everything is going to be out in the open and everyone will know how things really are. So don't hesitate to go public now. Don't be bluffed into silence by the threats of bullies. There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God who holds your entire life, body and soul in his hands. They're getting ready to start this mission, like a mission no one's ever done before. You know, like they got raised up by Jesus. They should be the 12 best at it, you know, and he's even warning them, you're going to have fear in the mission. You're going to. And in your mind, you're going to have the fear, but you have to have the faith. You have to have the faith. Save your fear for God who holds your entire life, your body and your soul 
in his hands. As faith wins over fear in my mind and in my need to maintain my life, it will set me up for strength to live out the mission. So for the past few years, as I've walked through this counseling and I've learned to identify fear, for the longest time, I couldn't really identify it. I just figured I was an anxious person. I didn't really see it as a battle of good and evil. I didn't see it as necessarily a sin or a sin struggle. I just saw it as, oh, that's just the way I am. I'm type A, I'm kind of controlling. I like everything to be perfect. So it's just a repercussion of the personality. Well, no, it's not just a repercussion of the personality. It is a struggle that the devil knows holds me down. If my mind is losing, then my maintaining is losing, and then without a doubt, the mission God has called me to is losing. So I've been married to somebody in ministry for 15 years. And we had a lot of bumps in the road along ministry. We've had a lot of hurts. We've had a lot of pains that have come just from being in ministry, not just life. And they have created in me a fear, a fear to minister, a fear for even people to know we were in ministry because, oh, you know, if you tell them, then they treat you different and you don't get relationships. And I'm, as I spoke a while back ago in May, like I'm finally to the point where I want relationships again. So if I tell them I'm a Christian and I start to do all that, like they're not going to want me in my, in, want to be in my life because that freaks them out. And so I would go through all of these mental battles of why I don't even need to tell anybody that I'm a Christian. Goodness gracious, definitely not to stand up on a stage at a church that goes online and people would see for real, like, oh my goodness, she really loves Jesus. Oh no. And then she does things wrong in her, wrong in her life too. And she can have a bad attitude and scream at refs at basketball games like I did this morning at 9am. Like I'm not perfect. And I was so scared for anyone to see that. I don't want you to see those ugly fears in my brain. I don't want any of you to know about them. But the truth of the matter is, is man, I should be more worried about Christ seeing them. Why am I not worried that every day I don't have enough faith in him to surrender them to him. I'm worried about you guys seeing them. Because honestly, if we see each other's fears and we're open about them and they're out there, we're probably going to win. We're not going to lose. God's going to give us the power to fight together, to make a difference for the mission. Just like he gave those disciples the power. Hey, get prepared. It's going to be ugly. People are not going to be nice about it. People may not like it. People may not believe you. But you have to trust. Do not fear God. He holds you in his hands. He's ready to protect you. And he's ready for you to be able to live without fear of your mind, live without fear to maintain in this life, and to live without fear on mission. So when Darren and I, and I'll start to say this as I get ready to close out today, when Darren and I stepped out into pub theology, which at that point, it was really just Darren. And uh, when we, Darren is a visionary, he is an amazing visionary, and he's obviously an amazing communicator, which makes his wife a little intimidated when she's sharing on the same stage as him. And he just has all these ministry gifts. And, and he would have all these ministry ideas all the time, and he would have all these hopes and dreams, and I would shut them down. And it wasn't because I was scared, really, even. It was just, that's just, they didn't fit us. And we would have these hopes and dreams, and sometimes they cause major family arguments. But we never were in line at the same time on the same thing, except for a few certain things in our life and the places we've been in ministry. And um, pub theology was a really scary risk. I don't know if you know this, but we live like missionaries. 
technically, uh, you have to raise support and you do all these things that are super uncomfortable for me. And it's not the way, you know, I, I was raised in a lay family. I have a dad that's worked at the same company my whole life. My mom worked for the same company her whole life. You know, we were the givers at the church, never the receivers, you know. And it, it was just, we knew that our life was going to have to take this unbelievably unique turn. And we had been married a really long time at the, that point. And for some reason, as we're walking through this mission journey where I should have had a ton of fear, because like I said, you know, that's like my thing, like uh, fear, of, fear, fear of money, fear of something going bad, you know, fear of not paying my mortgage, you know, fear of not having friends, fear of being lonely, like all these fears that like every day, like I pick up the suitcases of my life and I just carry them around. And for some reason, we were going on this journey and I didn't feel unbelievably fearful and I didn't feel unbelievably scared. And I just kept saying, okay, to Darren okay. And I think he was like, are you sick? Like, what's wrong? You're saying, okay, you're not pushing back. You usually argue with me about these crazy ideas I have. Like, why are you not arguing? And back when I was in college, um, I went to a Christian college. So we had to go to chapel and there was like on resident missionaries. So there were missionaries who lived in residence on, on our college campus. And oftentimes they set visions for people to become missionaries. So maybe people would be called uh, to become a missionary overseas, which is a wonderful, beautiful, amazing ministry. But it wasn't something that tugged on my heartstrings. And I remember the missionary in resident would not try to influence me that way, but thought, you know, Julie, this might be a great fit for you. Like a year, you like go on a go me project, go for a year, like serve in Croatia or, you know, serve overseas somewhere, you know, all these different options. And I was sitting in a chapel one time and I was like, no, like, I feel like God has called me to be a missionary to the United States of America. And I wrote that down in a journal and I never gave it another thought. I married a pastor that didn't seem like a missionary to the United States of America. <laughs> Just as a pastor, you know, that's what people do, right? That's not some weird thing, you know? And what, as we were going through this pub theology journey, Darren was like, I just remember in chapel, I said to Darren, I just remember when I was in chapel once, God called me to be a missionary to the United States of America and that's what I'm gonna do. And Darren was like, wait, that's what God told me. And I was like, when? And he was like, in college. What, what do you mean? Like we've been married this time, we never knew this. And so we're walking along on this mission, this mission that God has planned. And for whatever reason, he had prepared my mind to not have fear in that. And he had prepared me to be able to be okay with maintaining as the pub pastor's wife. And he had prepared us for this mission. And here we were at the plan that God had for us. And through that journey, we started, I started all this healing in fear. I stepped out a little bit in faith a little bit more. I repaired some of myself. I started to understand what to do to cope with that, you know, we all live with these fears to do, live our life on mission. You probably aren't going to be called to be the pub pastor. I mean, pretty much there's probably going to be one of those right around here in Indy, but God's calling you to something. You know, he's got a plan and it might be your coworker. It might be your neighbor. It might just be to love somebody that needs loving. It may not even have anything to do right away in the initial with what sharing Jesus with them. But what I've learned in my life and what I'm walking through every day and I'm struggling still with is to choose my mind, in my mind, to choose faith over fear. And then when I step into maintaining, maintaining as a mom, maintaining as a wife, maintaining as a friend, maintaining in society, maintaining in success, all the things that I want, but I'm having to learn to choose faith over fear in those, that no matter how they work out, he's got this just like he promises us, just like he promised the disciples 
He holds us body and soul in our hands. And then he has a mission. Once we've maintained and we're figuring out how to live in faith in that, he's got a mission for you, for each of us, so that we can live at our fullest for him. So today, as we close out, I just want you to think about that. Think about where your mind is and what you can do. These verses today, when I think about that, do not fret, do not worry. Think upon the good things, the trust, the love, the power that God's given us to be able to be who he wants us to be. And I believe that as we take care of our mind, we will maintain in the will of God and live our lives that way. And then out of that will come a mission where we really can influence people to live in freedom of fears and worries and anxieties and in the love of Jesus. Fear is a struggle. And I guarantee you tomorrow, guys, I'm going to wake up and it's going to be ugly because I just shared with you the struggle it is. And I know tomorrow the devil's going to be like, yeah, well, hmm. That was real nice you tried to do that. But what I'm going to have to do tomorrow is choose to wake up and use the tools of prayer and the word and worship to fight that fear and worry cycle that I've got right in the middle and hit it with the bullseye of faith so I can be able to live on mission for God. Let's pray. Jesus, you're so good to us, and I thank you, and I pray in your name right now that you will just put a protection and a hedge over all of our minds. Help us to be infiltrated with your love, with your grace, with your courage, with your hope. Thank you that along the way you could see the battles we would struggle with, and you placed the Word of God with the perfect tools and the perfect words and the perfect things we needed to be able to deal and to fight and to live on mission for you, God. Thank you for this Do Not Fear series and what we've all been able to take away from it. Help us to learn, God, that you are in control, not us, and that you hold us in your hands, just like you did those disciples as they started to live out the mission for you. Free our minds from worry, from fear. Free our desire to maintain from fear and free us from the fear that we can't make a difference from you, God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen.